Listener Production. Rinse out your keep cup. These scrumptious muffins are takeout only. Order up. It's Matt and Alex, snack size all day breakfast. Hello and welcome to another bite side episode of All Day Breakfast. And we're very excited to have um, Mr. Tom Tilly, the oh. man himself. Mate, this is such a pleasure. He's just released a book called Speaking in Tongues. And I tell you what, times with Tom Tilly are some of my standout memories of uh, our time at Triple J, Alex Dyson. Well, it's good. Like, he's a really interesting dude because you might have heard him, you know, hosting Triple J's hack program for many years. You might have seen him on the project, that kind of things. But he's got a really interesting backstory. There's a lot to unravel, like an onion with Mr. Tom Tilly. I remember visiting his house one time. Pulls out, oh, here's my modelling photos from when I was younger. I'm like, sorry, excuse me? (laughs) And he's got this long fringe, like, (laughs) over the side of his head. I'm like, wow, there's a lot more than meets the eye to this man. But even that is quite incredible to the people who knew him before because he had a really interesting upbringing. So we're going to be chatting to him about that in a moment. We've also got producer Bron back debriefing us on the all-day breakfast. I'm calling it the all-day breakfast holiday to Europe because <laughs> Matt and I get nowhere Living near it. vicariously <laughs> as much as we can. Well, let's jump right into it. Hey, this is Matt and Alex's all-day breakfast. Brecky on the go. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex's all-day breakfast. Well, many of you know our next guest as the host of The Briefing every morning on The Listener app. Obviously, once you finish with Matt and Alex's podcast, you get the um, the secondary news from this gentleman, <laughs> former host of Triple J's Hack program. You see him on the project and he's just released a brand new book, Speaking in Tongues. And to find out a little bit more about it, please welcome Mr. Tom Tilly. G'day, Tom. G'day, boys. Isn't it great that our listeners get to choose which show they listen to first? Well, I know that my partner listens to yours first, uh, so that's <laughs> it stings a little bit, I'll tell you that much. Mm. I was thinking about you, Tom, because, you know, you're a new dad, but you also love the snowfields, uh, and I heard there was mm. a, a very solid dump uh, at the start of this season, so... Um, have you managed to to hit the uh, hit the pow pow at all recently? Uh, well, on that June long weekend when they'd had a meter, I was just champing at the bit. I was frothing at the sides of my mouth <laughs> to get down there. And that's when I was reminded that as a young dad, my life's not quite as <laughs> flexible as it used to be. <laughs> what, the old uh, 6 p.m. drive, Sydney to Threadmow, uh, not quite <laughs> as convenient as potentially days gone by. No, exactly. I used to um, yeah, jump in the car after hack, fly down to Threadmow. The only stop, of course, would be Macca's at Sutton's Forest, which I couldn't resist. <laughs> and then we were just like, ring up some of the, the people that worked at the bars at Threadbow to see if there was a spare bunk bed in one of their rooms. <laughs> you weren't worrying about the travel cot and the mashed apples, were you, back then? Yeah, a few different no. sizable dumps on your plate now, my friends. <laughs> Look, we're so excited to be chatting to you today about a book that has been in the making from the day you were in the travel cots and on the mashed apples. <laughs> because this book, Speaking in Tongues, this is really about your life, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's it's sort of telling my whole life story up until now, really. Um, it really focuses on the early years, though. Um, yeah, and and I mean, and tell us about that because I'm so intrigued. When I first met you, I didn't take you as someone who had grown up in such a, um, how do I put this, <laughs> like <laughs> devout religious family. 
Yeah, well, I met you guys probably at the height of my liberalism. Let's call it that. <laughs> when I was, um, you know, mm. deep in the party days and lots of hard work as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, between nine and six um, during the day. But um, I was really cutting loose in those years. And eventually, as I tend to reminisce almost every minute these days, I was, you know, playing in client liaison and touring. I remember mm. you and me running into each other, Matt, all- very rarely at work because you were doing breakfast and I was doing evenings. I'd run into you in the bars out in, you know, <laughs> Brisbane or Melbourne when you were doing comedy shows and I was with the band and, you know, we'd just talk about how we could find more freedom in our lives than we already had. <laughs> <laughs> but it was sort of a, uh, a bungee cord sort of snapping back from a life that, yeah, as I mentioned, was quite a devout religious upbringing, which uh, all of those excesses were pretty well contained for a while there, Tom. Yeah, that's right. So it was a really hardline Pentecostal church. Um, so I was born in Dubbo and then lived most of my school years out in Mudgee. Yeah, and basically this church we were a part of, in many ways it was a beautiful child with like lots of activities and close friends and it was like having this huge extended family right around mm-hmm. Australia. So in that sense it was it was wonderful, but there was always this impending spiritual experience that you were expected to have one day because – what made the church different was that it, it believed that you had to speak in tongues in order to be saved, which made it different from every other church and made it much more hardcore because if you didn't have that experience, you were out. So you can imagine as a kid, that's kind of like this imposing, looming deadline that you're heading towards. Is there an age that you had to do it by? Is there a, 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 no. a submission date where like uni or something? <laughs> what's, the, um, what's the timeline? Well, not so much like a hard sort of um, yeah deadline, but more just like the average of everyone else's experiences became the norm. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of our parents, they came along to this church in their 20s and 30s. So it was a very sort of clear cut decision for them. But for us kids, we were born into it. So just sort of, sort of slowly crept up on us this expectation. And so probably for most kids, it happened... I'd say about 12 or 13, but some kids got in early, like my brother Sam, who received the Holy Spirit speaking out in tongues at seven. And at that point, I was nine, and I'm like, And you hadn't spoken in tongues yet? No, I hadn't. Um, It it happened, or so I thought for me, at 10. So when Sam did it at seven, I was a bit sus, but there was no room for questioning or <laughs> or argumentation or jealousy. Mm. So wait, okay. So Tom, pardon my ignorance, but there's two questions I'm, I need to understand here. One is speaking in tongues. I assumed it was literally just gibberish that, like, I could just do it right now by going right. That's literally what I would assume speaking in tongues is. But if it isn't that. <laughs> Like, what is it and can you, could you give us an example of it or you, do you have to feel it? Um, well, it depends what perspective you're looking at it from. Let's, let's think about it from the perspective of someone who believes that this is a real God-given thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the position I was in, in the church and, and everyone I knew was. So the idea from that perspective is that God gives you the Holy Spirit, which is a gift that he gives you of his choosing and a sign that that's real in you is this ability to speak in tongues. So, yes, you're partly right. You partly come out with this 
um, language, this combination of syllables that no one's ever heard before. So yes, to someone outside, it would sound like gibberish, Mm -hmm. but what it is, it's your own personal unique language, almost like your thumbprint. It's your personal language to speak directly to God. So to, to bypass the complexities of linguistics of, you know, speaking in a language that we've learned and to just have this direct language so that when you pray, it's like you're speaking direct from your soul to God. Mm. And would you do it once and that was it? Would would it then become a regular thing that you would do at particular points in your life? Yeah, it was something that you did and were encouraged to do pretty much every day. Whoa. Um, and so in that sense, it became almost a bit like a, a meditation mantra, mm-hmm. something you, you would do in order to connect and to pray to God. So that, mm. that was the main way that we would get down on our knees and pray. I think most people who don't speak in tongues when they pray are speaking in their own language, asking God for things or sharing, mm-hmm. sharing their burdens. But this was a way of just like blasting it all out in this unknown language and sort of connecting in a much more direct sense. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, cause you were saying you were about nine, nine when it happened for you, nine or 10, um, being like, like I can c- pretty distinctly remember a couple of my earlier, you know, things with religion. Like we had RE in school and you learn about, you mm-hmm. know, the parting of the Red Sea and the Noah's Arks and the sort of Adams and Eves and of the world and that kind of thing and about God. And I just sort of remember thinking it's like, oh, that's interesting. I, I, I think I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I believe, but I, it's better to just believe just in case, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Can, can you remember the time like when you were doing it where you think, oh, I just need to make it up, but I also don't want to fake it. Like that would be really bad. Everyone else's seems to be real. Can you put yourself into the childhood Tom Tilly and think about what was going in like within the head whilst uh, everyone was watching what was coming out externally? Yeah. Well, now that I've written, written the story from, you know, this perspective now of being much older, um, I can see what a lot of the questions were in hindsight. But as a kid, I, I bought it. I thought it was real. I heard my <laughs> parents doing it. I heard their friends doing it. I heard thousands of people right around the country speaking in tongues. And it was the, the central tenant of our whole community, you know? So I wasn't questioning it from the start. I thought it was real and I wanted to have it. What about um, the, the church itself? Is there still an institution there who would, who would you know, take offense to the, the fact that you're sort of um, potentially undermining something like this? Well, so when I was in it, uh, in the sort of peak of my childhood years in the church, there was, according to the census, four and a half thousand people in the church, but there was probably more because not everyone filled out the census properly. And most people on earth couldn't understand it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it got hacked. It was, it was a bit before those times. <laughs> um, but, but the latest census puts the church at 700. So it's, oh, it's dropped geez. off massively. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it still exists, but it's, it's much smaller. And I've seen a few of the Facebook videos and it's hardly changed. But yeah, I haven't had a, a cease and desist letter yet. But mm. I can't imagine they're, they're loving this book or all the publicity that it's getting. Is it sort of at the stage where, you know, you know, Fitzroy Football Club had to merge with the Brisbane Lions? Are they sort of looking at other people that they could potentially come <laughs> together with and join forces, like country footy clubs? You know what? If, if, if they were to ask me, all right, Tom, you've written a fairly accurate critique on our church. What do you think we should do? I would say... Keep your faith in God and Jesus. I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to take away from anyone else's faith, mm-hmm. but just yeah, fold your chips in with an organisation that's a bit more normal, <laughs> that follows the more 
standard version of Christianity rather mm. than this um, misconstrued, misinterpreted version that demands that people speak in tongues because you're just going to um, damage the lives of more children who grow up really confused about this experience and feel threatened that they'll be booted out of their own communities. And I don't mm. think any more kids should go through that, but I also don't want to be too too hard on these people. It's, it's their faith, it's their mm. life, it's their church, but I reckon merging with a more chilled version of Christianity would be a good move. Oh, wow. Well, look, hey, wait, have you done the Audible version as well? Yeah, and that's actually the only place where I actually speak in tongues. So oh, I, on the oh, Audible one. So you wow. weren't going to give us the uh, okay, sneaky <laughs> scoop. It's behind the paywall. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I will have to jump on and maybe uh, bootleg a sample of it, hey, and chuck it on the end of the uh, pod. <laughs> Put it in um, your um, Diver City Children's <laughs> Band um, lyrics. I tell you, speaking in tongues is not a bad name for a children's song where you could make some interesting <laughs> noises with the kids. Yeah, that's actually not a bad one. Thank you for that, guys. I appreciate this. Well, and thanks to you guys for um, inspiring me to become an author because I thought if Matt O'Kine can write a book, surely anyone can. So that's what really wow. got me over the line. And then Alex, Alex has written a few. So. <laughs> well, there it is. Perfect. That's the, we, aim, we aim to help there, Tom. Thank you very much for coming in and uh, good luck with uh, the rest of the briefing as well. Thanks for the inspiration, guys. Matt and Alex, snack-sized all-day breakfast. Good to go. Order up! Just how you like it. Perfect. All right, it's time for more Tales from the Road from producer Bron, fresh off a holiday, and you always get the best anecdotes there. Man, it's rough being at home and trying to, you know, particularly in winter, mm. you're in the house a lot. What kind yeah. of stories do me and Matt have with that? Nothing, Bron. So you've been carrying the load this week. Can we appreciate that? <laughs> What have you noticed? What have you noticed on your travels? Just, you know, when you're in Australia, and we are a great country, and I mm. didn't appreciate mm. it more than when I was away. Mm. Mm. Why is that? The friendly people, the beautiful, natural beauty. Just being able to the drink water from a tap scenery. is a bloody miracle. Yeah, tap water's pretty good, isn't it? Tap water's oh pretty, pretty handy, hey. Not having yeah. to, like, check your lettuce. Like, because uh, I mean, I, I just, I never eat any sort of salad when I go traveling to mm. like certain countries because of the tap water, because they wash the, they oh, wash the lettuce true. and that'll get you. People mm. worried about the prawns and all this stuff. No, no, it's the lettuce that will ruin your holiday. Mm. Um, but Bron, you, you appreciated other things. So yeah, when we cross the road here in Australia, mm -hmm. that beautiful clicking sound that Billie Eilish made famous worldwide <laughs> in Bad Guy, that clicking when it's Green Man goes and then the clicking comes on like this. <laughs> oh, you you're gonna play it? Oh, the real sound? No, I'll do. I want to do. I was gonna do my version. <laughs> yep. Do you think that was close? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, so mm. yeah, Billie Eilish did sample that sound actually, didn't she? Yeah, Phineas chucked it in bad guy, which mm. means all of the world knows Australia's pedestrian crossings. And it is good. Although, I'm pretty sure, Matt, and you can back me up from this, yeah. I reckon Phineas and Billy might have stolen that idea from your boys, Ooh. Matt Nowitz. <gasps> That's true. Do you remember, Matt? Oh, I remember it now on that you've just said it. A Triple J rave and shave 
rave with some shaved ice <laughs> in, in yes. the club in yeah. Brisbane. We were walking home at the end of the night. It was a big night. I got kicked out of that party oh. for crowd surfing that night. You had to get back in. He's like, I'm the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> the, the boss comes out. He's like, you just kicked out the DJ. <laughs> so I had to come back in. But on the way home, it's about 1 a.m. in Brisbane. We had to get up to do Triple J breakfast at 4 a.m. because it went. It was an hour behind, you know, the easternmost time zone at that point for daylight savings. So our show started at 5 a.m. We were walking home and we filmed a little video where I was. Matt's filming me and I said, mate, I what a big night. I couldn't rave just one more drop. And then the clicker goes off. The video went nuts. I'm sure that Billie Eilish saw that. And Some went, royalties Wee. for you guys. Dude, so, I mean, do, are you saying that the, the is it the actual tone or is it that... They have nothing. Um, they, they don't... don't so it's, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's a vision There's impaired no thing, isn't it? It's, There's it's no just, sound. It's a, it's a bit disrespectful to the vision impaired community, the people who require those noises to know when to cross. I was being selfish, thinking this is awful for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, you're, you're completely right. Do you know the other cool thing in Australian traffic lights? Well, I know certainly in Victoria, um, but... On the little arrow, there's a small um, touch sensor that if you put your finger on it, it like pulses on a bloop and you can feel it through your fingertip, like strong. Mm. Yeah. And then when it goes, it goes fast. And so even if you can't hear, you can feel it ah. through the touch. So next time yeah. you're at one of those ones, put your finger on their little arrow, there's a, you can, you'll be able to make it out. And it's very, very cool. That's cool. Mm. Um, well, look, thank you very much for uh, raising our attention to this matter as well. And uh, What about the green and red f- characters on, on there? Forget about the sound. Did you have some interesting green men? I know in Germany they've got a famous green man. which it looks like a, He looks like a um, secret agent in a big trench coat and hat. <laughs> oh, they've yeah, got, okay. Like, they've got Berlin green man merch over there mm. where you could buy <laughs> a memento well, it's, it's, for it's that. Ampel Munchen is the name of him, Ampel Munchen. What does that mean? Uh, I think it le- literally means little traffic light man. <laughs> <laughs> just, but I like to look at my phone and not pay attention to my surroundings. Right. So it's really <laughs> just not great. Uh, Matt and Alex's all-day breakfast does not recommend <laughs> not paying attention to surroundings while crossing the road. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.